What's happening? What's happening? Hello, my name is Brad Harden, and I'm the host of the brand new show here on the Hoop Ball Network, Hoop Ball Hawks, where we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks, from box score breakdown, training camp, free agency, the rumor mill, you love John Collins, you love Ice Trey, you love JR Crickets, well, check us out, follow us at Hoop Ball Hawks on Twitter, follow myself at Brad Jarrett. Six, seven on Twitter, and we hope y'all check us out. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello, and welcome to the Hoop Bowl DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Michael Patra, joined by my good buddy, Aaron Asmus. We are here to break down this September 24th. It is a wonderful Thursday. We got some good playoff basketball going down, my good friend. But more importantly, how are you? How's your week been? Week's been, week's been awesome, honestly. Um, been We were just talking a little bit beforehand, busy at the day job. But um, DFS for me has been going extremely, extremely well. Um, one on Sunday in football, one last couple of days in basketball. So I'm, uh, it's always, life just seems to be better when you're winning at DFS. <laughs> life is better way. when you're winning in general. So, yeah, it's true. Yeah. And, uh, you know what? It's, it's, it's good when, you know, someone's on a hot streak, especially yourself. Uh, yeah, I've been doing fairly well in DFS. I'm not going to sit here and say, uh, I've won the past four days straight. Uh, you know, not everybody's an all-star like you, Aaron. Uh, but no, I'm <laughs> just joking. Uh, that's great, man, because when, when the, the train's chugging along and you're riding high, it's a good time for, you know, listeners to jump on, man. Uh, you know, it doesn't happen on accident. You do put in a, time, a ton of uh, time and preparation into your craft, my good friend. So I am not the least bit shocked or surprised that you're doing well. Uh, and hopefully let's keep it going, man. Let's keep the, let's keep the train, the train chugging. Let's do it. Uh, we're going to jump right into things. Before we do, just a quick shout out to our presenting sponsors. Uh, you guys hear us talk about them all the time. And it is our good friends over at MyBookie. Check them out. Use that promo code HOOPBALL. That's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. You will get a 100% deposit match, which is free money. Uh, I don't know. Aaron, do you like free money? I do like free money. I do. I'm a big fan of free money as well. Uh, so <laughs> head over to my book. You use that promo code HOOPBALL. Uh, get in on some of this Sunday's action. We got some playoff basketball still going on. Baseball is still going on. Jump in. Plenty of sports you could parlay. I always say parlay because that's my that's – my, I go big or go home. Uh, and, then we'll, <laughs> and then I'll give a quick shout-out. Uh, I don't know if you've tried them yet, Aaron, but if you haven't, check out ExpressVPN. Um, I've personally been binging like uh, Doctor Who – and if you didn't know what it is, I'm going to say this to you, Aaron, because I'm sure everybody else has heard me say it a hundred times. Right. Uh, what ExpressVPN does, it allows you to change the location uh, to any different country. So you can act, what I've been doing is I've been actually switching it to the UK Netflix. That's where I've been getting some Doctor Who. Uh, and it actually hides your IP address. It lets you control what, where sites want you to think you're located. So you heard Santino on the other show. He was using it when he was living out in China. Uh, that way he can watch a lot of the games out there and you can use it to watch anime. And it's not just, you know, Netflix, it's sports, it's uh, Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, uh, you name it. And the reason that I choose ExpressVPN is because it's ridiculously fast. There's a lot of VPNs out there. None of them are as fast as ExpressVPN. There's no buffering. There's no lag. You can stream it in HD and you can watch it on all your devices, whether it's your phone, media consoles, smart TVs, whatever it is, iPad, you can get it on there. So check them out, guys. You will not be sorry 
fantastic product and it's always good to get one of those sponsors that you could really get behind and back and i feel like that's all we've been getting over the past uh you know few few sponsors that we've had it's just all great products and all great things that i probably was purchasing prior to it anyway but we will jump yeah um i think one thing on my bookie um i used to i used to bet on bovada a while back but um Kind of one thing I've been trying to do is shop around more different lines, get better lines, and my bookie probably had the most competitive lines that I saw on pretty much any site, uh, which is important because sports betting is ridiculously hard, and you want sites that give you the best, the best bang for your buck, so to speak. So, absolutely, and it's always good to be a company man too. So that's it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, brother, we'll jump right into this. We'll do it the same way that we've been breaking down all of these games. We're going to touch briefly on the showdown. Then we're going to transition right into the two day card, uh, the Thursday and Friday slate. Thursday uh, will be L.A. versus Denver. Uh, This game is coming in at a two fourteen and a half game total. Uh, Lakers being favored by six. We just saw the Nuggets. uh, Looks like they caught the Lakers sleeping a little bit with their pants pulled down. Uh, took advantage of that last one. Jamal Murray really just balling out. Uh, you know, if any made a bigger name for himself in the bubble, uh, point absolutely. him out for me. Uh, this kid's been absolutely on fire. So why don't we jump right into this? We'll talk about this showdown. Say, so I'd like to pass the reins over to you because you are my quote-unquote showdown expert over here. Uh, you know, I, I, I love that you will actually really put some thought into depth. When I do my showdown slates, uh, half the time it's like I'm just a degenerate and I need to get some action. So let me jump in there. You – you take the time, you take the preparation, you talk strategy. So I'm going to pass the reins over to you. I'll let you, uh, we'll start off, I guess, with this L.A. team. Uh, you know, I think we pretty much both have the same strategy, especially when it's, you know, the the playoff time and rotations get shortened. And it's trying to fit as many studs that you can. And we generally right. end up saving, I guess, in that captain spot. So I already imagine that you're looking at LeBron, you're looking at Davis. But is there anybody else that kind of pops off this Laker Patriot that you see using as your captain? Yeah, um, so this slate uh, has gotten quite a bit more difficult than the previous three showdown slates because they just decided to hike every every stud, um, every stud's price through the roof. So LeBron, he had an eight hundred dollar price tag increase. Davis had an eight hundred dollar price tag increase. Jokic had a thousand, and then Murray had a twelve hundred dollar price increase. So kind of the super chalky build that everyone was doing um just was you know playing like a pj dozier or another cheap punt in the captain and then just jamming three all three or four studs into into the lineup and unfortunately i don't think we're going to be able to do that today um you can fit three studs but two is um it, it just gets real it gets real shaky you have to be really confident in a couple plays and um, I think on the Lakers side, if you're going, I, I, I see there, there's two viable cash builds. It's going to be two studs in the regular spot or three studs with a shakier captain, uh, in the regular spot. So if you're going to, if you want to go the two stud route, and then I, I kind of, I did outline most of this in my article, but you know, you're looking at a player core, Hold on, pump uh, the brakes real quick and pump the brakes and pump the article. Uh, I think people need to hear about that a little bit more uh, just because right now we're offering, this is stuff that would normally be behind our premium paywall. We're offering it free during the playoffs. So okay. when he says that you're, you know, I want you to pump that thing, baby. I mean, this is, this is good content. I think people should be able to hear about it. 
Yeah. So on, you know, on hoopball.com, we've been, you know, the DFS team has been pumping out articles pretty much every day. And for me, I've been, I've been having a lot of fun kind of just diving into different showdown strategies and kind of just my, my thoughts on the slate. And I get a little, I get more in depth on the article of different roster constructions and, um, even in, in my own process, I, I check out what all of the other guys are doing on the team. You know, that's and then especially this podcast as well. That's it's kind of a good it's become a part of my routine to listen to this podcast when I start building lineups the night before. Um, so it's especially as other sites are kind of starting to focus more on football. You know, if you're still wanting to grind these NBA showdown slates, you know, the you know, us here at Hoopball, we're really still diving in to these showdowns and trying to get, give you guys an edge. So I'd recommend checking it out. Oh, I love it. All right. Sorry to cut you off. Now, you, you, you can get back to where you were. Uh, okay, gotcha, <laughs> I, I, gotcha. I apologize. I apologize. Uh, yeah. So I think if you're going to go with the two stud in the regular spot build, uh, Rondo at the captain makes a ton of sense to me. Um, he's actually had a very solid floor throughout the playoffs. In his last 10 games, he's only had... Um, or he hasn't gone below 20 DK points in the last eight games. And he's shown a ceiling uh, where he's had three games in the high 30s. And there's definitely scenarios where, you know, Jamal Murray, if he shoots 7 for 22 and the Lakers are up by 20 in the fourth quarter... 2025 in the fourth quarter where you know Murray's floor is dangerously low so there's definitely scenarios where Rondo can outscore Murray where if you're going with the three stud build where you're, you're putting Murray as that third stud you're not you don't have access to that same upside with a guy like Gary Harris or Alex Caruso in the captain spot um, so I'm weighing both options right now I I honestly just don't have a strong lean I think both are totally viable going into this slate, but I think Rajon Rondo would be my favorite captain in a two-stud build, and then we'll talk about uh, the three-stud build and some of the demo guys a little later on. All right, but I'm with you, though. Uh, I think Rondo is, he's the guy that I, you know, immediately popped off the page. It's just uh, Caruso, he's probable, Danny Green's probable, uh, but Caruso's been dealing with some wrist soreness, of, you know, increased minutes. Rondo's a, a permanent monster. Uh, you know, the yeah. only thing that holds him back are those games where he's playing 22 or 24 minutes. The second he starts to creep up on 30, you, you know you're pretty much guaranteed to hit value with just those ancillary stats that he gives you. So uh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm all over Rondo. I think this is a good matchup for him. Uh, great price tag for him, too, at, uh, at his incoming salary. And then we'll get to that two-game slate like that salary as well. Uh, what about some of these other ancillary guys? So, you know, I mentioned uh, Danny Green, Caldwell Pope is another guy that, you know, pops right. up on people's radar. I'm... You know, Kyle Kuzma, if you're if you're name chasing, but I don't think, you know, avid DFS players have been very attracted to him. But do any of those guys stand out to you as guys that you can see yourself, you know, rounding out a lineup with? Yeah, I think all three are definitely going to be in play. Um, I just kind of depends on what your roster constraints have. Uh, I tend to side towards Caruso just because I think he's the better player of the three guys. But... KCP has the highest minutes floor. Danny Green's kind of he's been nicked up and kind of had inconsist- inconsistent minutes throughout the playoffs. Um, you're kind of getting the same thing with all three. You know, you need hot shooting for them to uh, beat their salary. They're probably all going to be around, 
you know, somewhere in the 20 to 28 minute range, some, something like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I hate to, you know, not take a huge stand here, but if I had to rank them, it'd be Caruso, KCP, Danny Green. Um, it, it just depends on your salary, honestly. All right. Nah, hey, listen, I mean, that's pretty much roulette when you're talking about these, these guards. Right. Uh, you know, they take turns. And I think the only other guy I'm really looking at would be Dwight Howard. If I uh, if yep. I really need to save the money, so all right, man, let's uh, let's slide it over to the other side of the ball. Denver, you talked about these price increases. Is that taking one of these guys out of play more than the other? Do you, if you had to pick one between Jokic and Murray, who do you see yourself leaning more towards? It's still gonna be it's still gonna be Jokic. Um, yeah, he's he's just a better he's just a better DFS player. Um, I know Murray. He doesn't lead the floor right now. His his shooting has been incredible. Uh, he just really looks like he's taking a step forward in these playoffs. But you know, just those seven for twenty two games are just lurking for Murray. And while he did have a really nice eight, close to a triple double in the last game, that's just not who he is on a game to game basis. Um, so for cash games, especially, I'm I'm leaning Jokic. I think Murray is the best tournament play of the three of the four studs just because he did get that huge price increase. He's somewhat close. He's over that 10 K barrier. People are, I think people are going to be a little bit scared off that price tag. Um, so I would, I would lean Jokic in cash games for a better floor with, you know, the bet potentially the best ceiling on the slate. And then Murray, um, for a potential third stud in cash games, if you want to build that way, or as, my favorite tournament play. Yep. I, I mean, I, I've been kind of leaning more of Murray's way during this series, just because I generally love targeting um, point guards going against LA and just knowing that Jokic yeah. is going to be walking into a different matchup. I mean, he's a little bit priced up from that last series when we came into this series. Uh, and then, you know, knowing that he's going against these three, seven footers, isn't always a benefit for him. So I don't mind looking at either one of these guys personally. Uh, you know, chasing that Murray game just doesn't feel right. I think you're, I think you're absolutely correct. One of those seven for twenty-two games are probably on the horizon. Uh, yep. But you know, I, I don't mind taking a stab at either one of these guys. I probably still slightly prefer Murray, uh, but it's 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 the gap is thin uh, with the price increases that we're seeing towards him too. So. All right. Uh, what about some of these other guys? I mean, Jeremy Grant coming off of uh, what could be one of his best games uh, of the bubble so far. Played absolutely phenomenal. Uh, two steals, three rebounds, 26 points, shot 7 of 11. Uh, do you think that's a performance that we'd be fool's go- as fool's gold? Do you think we're chasing? Or do you think it's something that maybe doesn't replicate the exact same line? I, I doubt he drops 26 again. Right. Uh, it takes 12 free throw attempts. I don't know if that's going to happen again. I think that 12 free throw attempts is probably more <laughs> than he's taken in the past six games combined. But uh, I, I the definitely whole playoffs. Yeah, probably. I still think he's an option uh, just for his defensive ability. And just yeah. he's going to be a stopper. He's going to have to play on uh, as, as many minutes as he can possibly handle before he follows out. And I mean, it's it's been evident that Millsap and Michael Porter Jr. just aren't getting it done. Yeah, um, he's he's going to be on the floor. And he just kind of, what we've seen in the series is these ancillary guys outside of the four stud players are just going to be super volatile game to game. Um, you know, it's nice to see him have this sort of shooting performance, you know, uh, in his bag, but, and you know, the price is cheap. The price came down one K, which is, which is definitely nice. Um, so he's definitely in play for me on any two stud build. He's just a little too expensive to, to fit into three stud for me at this point. 
And that makes sense. I mean, I, I don't think he has the highest upside. Like, you you, know, you can no. look at guys that are a little bit cheaper than him that have higher, if not around the same upside. It's just that they compared with maybe a little bit of a lower floor. But so maybe, uh, you know, maybe the way I've been kind of, you know, gauging it right now is maybe more two stud if you're looking just in cash games. And then, you know, yeah. try your hand at some three stud bills and take some dart throws if you're playing in some tournaments. I mean, we have to differentiate ourselves somehow anyway. Right. Uh, Okay. What about uh, you know? I I definitely think we we've been talking about Millsap left and right. I don't think there's any more reason to to recommend this guy to anybody. It will not do anybody justice. I have jumped off that train, even though I was the one conducting uh, at first. Uh, what about you? Are you are you are you still dabbling in the Millsap uh, pool? Or are you are you completely uh, dried off and out of there? Uh no. Uh, I he's he's on the floor to defend Davis. Um, and you just watch him on offense. He's virtually ignored the entire game um so i mean i think he has a decent minutes floor so if he runs into kind of a hot blocks and steals game and you know maybe he has a hot shooting game where you know he shoots seven for nine something like that maybe he can have a ceiling but i think i would rather play grant who has who i trust the the minutes uh i just trust the minutes more for 400 less all right and uh then i guess the the other guys that we could talk about, I, we touched on Porter Jr. Uh, a little bit. Um, 5K on the main slate. Uh, I'm not actually, I don't have the, the showdown slate pulled up. Uh, do you mind telling me his salary uh, over there on the showdown? Yeah, he's a little, uh, he did get a price decrease. He's 6,800. Um, I mean, that, that's fine. I, 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 I think in balance builds, I think you can totally go here. He's just, anytime he's on the floor, he's kind of just becomes the third best offensive player for the Nuggets. Uh, it's just a matter if they can, you know, withstand his lack of defense at this point. But um, I think it, uh, in balance builds, he's totally fine. He's not in cash consideration for me, but I definitely will have some tournament teams uh, w- with him in it. Yeah, and it's <clears throat> simply he can get hot. Uh, we know that he's not out there for his defense. He's out there to score and get buckets. So, yeah, uh, you know, he's definitely got some upside at that price tag for sure. And the last two guys I think worth mentioning would be the – Last two guards, Gary Harris, Monte Morris. I think, you know, personally, both these guys are very much in play. I think for, uh, you know, when we're talking about the showdown slate, I'm probably going to edge more towards Monte Morris uh, just because, you know, we've seen Gary Gary Harris's floor. We've seen his ceiling. Uh, we haven't seen that ceiling-type game since the Clippers series. I've uh, been right. pretty underwhelming so far in this one. And people chase those minutes. In 32 minutes, you know, he's not going to get it done on five shot attempts. He needs those double-digit shot attempts that he was getting in that, you know, the final uh, of the Clippers series in Game 6 and Game 7. Without those, um, I'm not I'm not trusting him. No matter how many minutes he plays, uh, I would prefer some Monte Morris. Yeah, so I'm going to differ uh, from you on this one. I think right now, I think Harris is my favorite player to put in that captain spot when you're looking at a three stud build um i know the results haven't been pretty you know 11 and a half dk points six and a half seven dk points but they need him on the floor they need his wing defense on the floor and he, he's just a more talented player historically than what he's shown so far in this series and he hasn't shot well which uh obviously contributes to his struggling dk scores but he, he also hasn't had a blocker steal in this series yet, which should change going forward. Um, he's going to shoot better going forward because he's just a better player than that. And I, I think we can be reasonably confident he's going to be on the floor for you know a minimum 28 to 30 minutes. 
moving forward in this series. And at 4200 he had a $1,400 price decrease from the previous game. Um, on this slate where, you know, all the studs got a significant price increase that I just, I don't see anyone down in this range where I can find 30, you know, 30 minutes. And I know how volatile he is, but um, just if I want to fit in three studs, I gotta, I, you, you have to make a play like this. And just in the way this series has played out where everything's been so heavily focused on the top four guys. And where everyone else has just shown incredible volatility, uh, I think that's something I want to really embrace on this slate. I like it. Hey, listen, I, I never fault it, man. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big Gary Harris, you know, real life yeah. basketball fan. Uh, I think he's unbelievable. And it's just the injuries have really kind of bogged him down over the past two seasons, and people forget how good this guy truly could be. Um, right. So I'm I'm a fan. I know that if he gets hot and he gets a, if he comes out here and shoots, you know, eight to ten times, I think it's he's a fantastic play. I'm just a little slightly worried about the volume that's going to come against the Lakers. Uh, but, hey, you know, games differ. We, we see it happen left and right. I think uh, right now as we're recording this, Jason Tatum was scored, uh, held scoreless up until halftime. First time that's happened all season. So crazy things Whoa. happen in the bubble. Yeah, uh, not, not good considering I, I did have some fair amount of ownership of him uh, tonight. So that's going to – I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes with 20 actual points, but that is not a good start for Jason Tatum. So – we will uh, slide right over to this main slate now, the two-day, get two two-game card. Uh, you know, we've, we've said a ton about these Lakers in Denver, so we'll brush through this uh, pretty quickly. Uh, you know, Lakers, I think we're probably both looking at the same guys that we mentioned for the showdown slate. LeBron, Davis. Uh, I'm looking at some Rondo. I'll probably have yeah. a fair amount of Rondo. Probably one of my most highly owned guys on the two-game card. Um, and then it's probably just going to be some of these wings between Caldwell Pope the Danny Green, if you want to play roulette with those two guys, and Dwight Howard, if you're desperate. Uh, but why don't you touch on LeBron and Davis now? And if do you prefer one over the other? And if so, uh, which guy? I think because there's a $900 price difference that Davis would probably be my preferred play on this slate. Um, just because there's they're, they're more or less kind of the same upside play. Um, and I think there's a little better guard value than there is forward and center value. Um, so I, I think I'd lean Davis through the price savings. I'm with you. Uh, I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, LeBron's coming off a triple double. He can do that two games in a row. Uh, what I don't imagine happening two day, two games in a row is Anthony Davis grabbing two rebounds. Right. That is not something that we see very often. Actually, when we look back, the last time he's grabbed less than six was back on the 24th of August. So, uh, I would anticipate uh, another solid performance uh, from Anthony Davis. Nice little bounce back game. And LeBron's going to be LeBron. Listen, if you can get him in there, make it work. Sure. I'm not going to knock you for that. He's going to do king like things every single time he touches the floor. Uh, yep. And uh, I, don't, I, I think one other guy. Oops, Oops, yeah. No, hit it, man. Uh, yeah. One ask. guy I wanted to touch on. Um, and I, I think we, we forgot to mention him on, on the showdown as well. Um, Dwight Howard at 3,400. Uh, I think there's a decent chance that JaVale just gets benched at this point. Um, they've talked about it the past couple games. He basically has literally had two four-minute rotations um, uh, in, in the past game. So if Dwight ends up just straight up replacing him in the starting five, I'm, you know, I'm not expecting 28 minutes or anything, but you know, I think 18 to 19 is super realistic. For him, and at 3,400 on the two game, and then 3,600 on the showdown, 
he'd be close to a must play on the showdown if he was starting. Um, and then I think he would probably be one of the, the best values to just jam in all the studs on the two game. That's a great call. And let me ask you this. If he does start, do you, uh, do you worry? I mean, I don't, like I just said, I don't expect another two rebounding game, but I imagine Dwight Howard impacts, um, you know, the glass a little bit more than JaVale would, uh, Dwight Howard pretty much lives on the glass. So, uh, you know, that, that might, um, make me think about Anthony Davis a little bit more, but I'm not going to absolutely just say, no, no, I'm not playing him. Uh, but I definitely think that'll have a small impact, nothing major, but it, it might have a, a little impact on him just in the rebounding department. Maybe a bit, but I, I wouldn't expect Dwight to, you know, play a ton, you know, a huge increase in minutes. You know, I would, he's been kind of playing around 13 to 14. You know, I'd maybe expect five or six more minutes, but you know, at his price tag, and how desperate, you know, we are for value on these slates. That's, and just kind of the player he is, you know, where he's historically, you know, 1.1 fantasy point per minute or greater, you know, that's, that's a pretty significant deal. Absolutely. And we'll slide over to the Denver side of things again. Uh, Jokic coming in at 10-2, Murray coming in at 8-9, uh, about a $1,300 price difference on these two guys. Uh, I kind of said my my sentiments on them. <clears throat> I think both are very much in play on the two game yep. card. I, I tend not to play them as much just because I know there's some action I'm going to want in Boston and Miami as well. Uh, but where do they fall for you on the two game card? I think I think fairly similar to uh, my thoughts on Showdown. Um, Murray just doesn't leave the floor uh, at this point. You know, it's nice he he has shooting guard eligibility, which I think really helps on this slate. Um, he is pretty, pretty significant price dis, uh, discount from Jokic. You know, he's $1,300 cheaper. So it depends how much value you end up wanting to play on this slate. But, you know, I think with Murray and Davis, you're almost like two, like 22, 2300 cheaper than LeBron and Jokic. And you're probably getting less ownership, and you're, but you're still, you still have that immense ceiling with that duo as, as opposed to if you play LeBron and Jokic. So I think in tournaments, I think Murray and Davis is a really nice way to gain some leverage on the field. I like it, dude. That's kind of uh, the way I've been rolling so far as I've started making my initial builds. I think my first one had uh, Murray, Bam, and Davis in it. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's. Nice. It, it, you know what? It's not as easy to do, like you said, if you spend that extra, you know, two thousand dollars up towards a guy like LeBron or something like that. So, yeah, um, you know that that savings does make a big difference. And then uh, we the other ancillary guys. I think uh, you know Grant. If you can make it work, sure, fifty five hundred is a price increase. So I'm not going to go out there and just jam them in. Uh, it really has to make sense for my lineup constructions. And I'd probably actually even prefer playing Porter Jr. at five hundred less. I would expect much lower ownership for my tournaments. So that's kind of the way I'm looking. Yeah. Grant, maybe the safer cash play, uh, while Porter Jr. I'll look for in tournaments. And uh, I'm going to assume you you love Gary Harris on this slate too at 4100. I don't think that's going to change too much, right? Oh yeah, he uh, fire him up. I'm I'm all in Gary Harris. <laughs> there he is, all in. So uh, you know what it is, the Gary the Gary Harris truther you could be known as right now. So. Uh, hey, you it. know, if he goes for 30, I'll, I'll take my victory lap on Twitter. If I not, th- <laughs> then I'll be in hiding. <laughs> the, Homer, the Homer Simpson uh, gif where he slides into the bush real fast. Right, that's it. It, it happens, man. You gotta make the, I, was, uh, I was actually, quote, unquote, the, uh, the Isaiah Thomas truther at one point, And it was hey. just, uh, it's not a good thing to be, man. It's not a good thing. <laughs> it's not a good thing. 
Uh, it's just knowing that guy can get it off once in a while. And, you know, he's not afraid to shoot when he gets a little opportunity. It was earlier in the season when he was on the, the whiz. But uh, we'll, we'll slide we'll slide over now. We'll go hit the next game. Uh, we have Boston versus Miami. Uh, this game's coming in at a 2-12.5 game total. Boston being favored by 3.5. This game's going on as we speak. So uh, we're not going to have too much details exactly of what's going on. Like I said, though, Jason Tatum is struggling mightily. Uh, the rest is pretty much business as usual for both teams. Tyler Hero just gets buckets. Uh, love this kid. He's love so watching good, him play. I, uh, like, if you had to redraft right now, he has to be the third overall draft pick. You, I mean, I was talking to Santino about this off air, and I, I mean, I would probably take him over Barrett at this point. Um, I know it's still very young in their careers. Barrett can easily be an excellent player. I'm not going to judge him off of his rookie season while playing for the garbage Knicks, but this kid yeah, looked I'm like taking Hero. For yeah. Sure. I, this kid's a playmaker. It just looks like he should not have fell, fallen. And we see that happen. And it was just strictly with guys, especially from Kentucky. Uh, they're just so talented that, you know, these guys that they're, you know, I think even Carl Anthony Towns, he probably averaged, I think it was like 12 and 11 or something when he was in college. You know, right. the stats weren't even eye popping, but everybody knows the talent. And it's just because they're playing next to so many other ballplayers uh, that could do it. Uh, so we'll start with Miami since we're just gassing up Tyler Hero right now. Uh, 6,400. Price tag's getting up there, but dude, I'm not going to stop playing him. I can't stop playing this no. kid. I'm, I don't care. I mean, I I played him in Captain Showdown today for virtually every team, uh, just because he he was just so mispriced. Uh, he was, I think, the cheapest ro- actual rotation player um, who actually shoots the ball. You know, other than Daniel Tice, whose new offensive role is to go stand in the corner and just literally stay out of the way. Um, God, that that guy. But um, yeah, Tyler Hero. He's it's been incredible. Like I I don't actually really recall a rookie just kind of excelling in the playoffs the way the way he has. Um, just taking on a huge offensive role. He's kind of he's one of their main uh, initiators on offense. He has uh, you know a locked in thirty three. Probably even higher than that now. You know, 33, 34-minute roll every single game. Um, there's just nothing not to like. And, you know, they, they, they haven't priced him up to where, where he needs to be for his actual role, probably because he comes off the bench. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, there's not a whole lot to say. He's just, he's just underpriced for being a lead offensive option for the Heat. Yeah, and uh, you know, we we I touched on Bam already. I kind of said my sentiments. Um, I I love Bam. I love Bam in this matchup. I think it's a fantastic matchup for him. I think the price tag's fair, eighty five hundred. Uh, you know, push comes to shove. If I had to pick one between him and Murray, different positions, I'm probably playing Murray. Uh, but the way Bam's just been doing what he wants in this Boston series, you know, uh, talking about that last game, sixteen rebounds, just came out and dominated. Uh, we know the upside that this dude has. They really don't have a body that they could throw in front of him. They'll play Robert Williams here and there, and he does affect him a little bit at the rim, uh, mostly on those you know pick-and-roll alley-oops and stuff like that. But uh, I don't see how this guy just doesn't keep getting his, and that's kind of why I've been playing him over Butler. Um, you know, Very similar price tags, only a $500 difference. So I don't see myself getting too much Butler. Uh, it's going to be Bam. It's going to be Hero. I'll have some Dragic as well. Uh, and then I'm also going to be looking at some Duncan, a little bit of Duncan Robinson with how hot this kid's been. Uh, from three-point land, uh, easily one of the league's best shooters. But uh, do any of these guys stand out to you as like must-play options? Um, yeah, I think Duncan is just you. I think you just play him every tournament slate you can. I think I think if you're a guy who multi lineups and Duncan Robinson's on the slate, especially for these short slates like this, um, 
I think you're kind of just doing tournaments wrong if you don't have some exposure to him. Just because, you know, him going, you know, seven for eight from three with, a, you know, a couple other ancillary stats thrown in is just well within his range of outcomes. And, he, you know, he becomes the, the must-have in order for you to win a tournament. Um, all right, so I, I think, I mean, Jimmy, he's been a little more aggressive today, um, which, is, which is nice to see. You know, he's at 13 shot. 13 shot attempts. Um, I, I I just, I'm not sure kind of why he just, just isn't as aggressive as he should be all the time. If that makes sense. Like, it seems like he's perfectly comfortable being passive for uh, a, a big majority of the game and then kind of turning it on in the fourth quarter or um, he's just kind of cont- more, more so content to let hero and Drogic and bam, had the offense run through them and he kind of takes a back seat at times, which kind of, which makes him tough, which kind of makes him a tough play when you, when you're not really sure when he's going to be aggressive on offense or not. Yeah. And I think specifically, you know, the Tyler hero scoring uh burst emerging uh, definitely takes a load off of him. And he's able to almost like save his turbo bar for that fourth quarter. If he does need to turn it on, uh, could focus a little bit more defensively um, right. and it allows him to take a load off of the score. So, you know, I, I like I said, I'm never going to say don't play Jimmy Butler, but that's kind of the things I've noticed uh, is that he doesn't need to be aggressive. And the thing is, if Jimmy's not scoring 25, 26 actual points, um, you know, he's at 8K, so he doesn't need that much, maybe like 22. He's, you know, he's never going to, you know, near triple double or anything. That's not necessarily his type of game. It'll happen through right. and far in between. Don't get me wrong. But when we look at guys like Bam, you know, pretty much lock him into that double double bonus most nights. Uh, guaranteed. So, like, that's what I'm looking at. I, and he'll chip in some blocks. He'll chip in some steals. And we know he's one of the best passing centers in the league. So, uh, I don't see myself getting too much Jimmy. I, you know, Crowder with his price tag now up at 6K. I haven't been playing too much Crowder either. Just give me Hero for $400 more every day of the week. Yep. Uh, and that's kind of been my take. And on Miami, almost this entire series. And I'm probably just going to keep rolling with it. No, I agree. I think um, I think Dragic is probably a pretty good buy at 7200 um, he, he's got, he's again, I think they're just going to, TK is going to keep doing this where you, they force you to choose between Kemba and Drogic and kind of just my feeling on it is the, in tournaments, at least the, the one that's going to be lower owned is the one who had the worst game, uh, previously. So kind of just approach as, as how I approach that situation. Yeah, and Kim is 5 of 11 right now at 14 points, only uh, three assists and one board, so he needs to get those ancillary stats up slightly. Uh, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't fall if you wanted to look at Kim, but he's starting to look a little bit better. He's, not, he's somebody I haven't been playing too much, so uh, you know it's kind of hard to recommend somebody that you haven't really been on, but I don't mind taking right. a look at knowing that he's playing these big minutes and these guaranteed big minutes. So, uh, yeah, sure, you know, take, a, take a strong look at him. And then, um, Agreed. Anybody else on Miami that you're that you're taking a look at, or should we slide over to Boston? Let's go to Boston. Let's do it, buddy. Jason Tatum, 9,800, coming off of what looks to be a stinker. Uh, I don't mind going back to the well. He's actually got he has six points now, so we're we're talking. There we cooking. go. Let's go. Uh, he's yeah. on the board, so yeah, I don't mind looking back at Jason Tatum, especially you know I love these situations for him. I hope he finishes with six points at this point. I'll I'll lose all the money tonight. I'll be okay with that. Because anytime Jason Tatum just struggles from the field mightily, he comes back roaring. Yep. Uh, it's happened time and time again. It's one of my little uh, my little tidbits. I keep starred and circled anytime I see one of those crazy one of sixteen shooting games or something like that. 
uh, I come back and I and I light him back up. So I'll plan on doing that. I'm going to play Jason Tatum again, uh, 9,800. I think it's expensive, but you know the rebounding upside this guy's been presenting him and Jalen Brown both. Um, it's been tremendous, and I, I don't think that we could take anything away from how well he's played in the series and played in this in this bubble so far, where this kid's emerging uh, into the you know, top fifteen player uh, conversation, uh, fifteen top fifteen players in the NBA conversation. He's he's very close to that conversation. Uh, there's you know it's always debatable, and there's some guys you have to bump out that you don't want to bump out, but you know it, it's hard to ignore this how good this kid really is. So ninety eight hundred, we have a lot of studs on the slate. Do you see yourself getting any shares? I think so. Yeah, I, th- I think you have to. Um, kind of one one build I was really looking at, just as we've been talking here, um, Davis coming off the, the stinker game, Tatum coming off the stinker game. Um, looks like Hero is kind of balling out right now, so he'll, he'll probably garner some ownership. But I, you know, I think you could really build around those two guys where people are going to be a little bit more afraid to go back to them because they had a bad game, which... Um, our, our listeners and readers of our articles know are much smarter than that to not be worried about recency bias. But you, you just have just an incredible ceiling with those two guys. And I think you, you get them lower owned and you can fit most of the really good values on the slate next to them. So um, I think that, you know, if I were, if I were making one, one tournament team tomorrow, I, I just kind of talked myself into this where I think I would start with Tatum and Davis and then build around the really good values. And I think you got a really nice differentiated team. Lock it in. Uh, we talked about Kemba Walker already. Uh, we kind of gave our thoughts on him and Dragic being very similarly priced. You know, Dragic will definitely be the lower owned. So maybe in tournaments you can gravitate towards that way. Uh, also depends on your build, obviously. Uh, I would probably look at Dragic a little bit more in the lineups that do not have Bam. Uh, I'm probably going to just lock Hero in. I'm cool with that. But, you know, just to get some extra exposure, if I want to try to target the guys that could be the highest scorers, um, that's the way I would kind of take that approach. Uh, otherwise, you know, uh, there's always the good old Kemba Walker. And then Marcus mm-hmm. Smart, 6,700. I can't pay this price tag, man. I know he's going down a little bit. He was 69 for the past, you know, three games, 68 before that. Yeah, it's down a little bit, but, you know, Gordon Hayward back, you know, this guy just seems to be a decent cash play. I'm just not seeing that tournament ceiling I want to get from him. It's just an awkward price tag. Um, mm. You know, there's Gary Harris, way significantly cheaper than him. Tyler Hero is 300 bucks cheaper than him. You know, Jamal Murray's a better spend. I'd rather just find a different build to play Jamal Murray. Um, you know, Rajon Rondo kind of takes up one of those guard slots. It's just a weird, you know, he'll be low owned. So, if, you know, if you want to go there for tournament leverage, fine. But, you know, I, I agree with you. It's just, uh, I would stay away on this slate. And then uh, we have the return of Gordon Hayward. So he played 30 minutes in his first game back. Um, didn't do too, too much, but uh, provided a little spark for the Celtics. And today he's in, he's up to 16 minutes with about three minutes left in the third quarter. Close game, too. Uh, has 10 points, three boards. So it, it doesn't look like we're going to get that 30-point game or 30-minute game that we were necessarily looking for. He could still grab it, but it looks like it's probably going to be around that 26, 28-minute mark at most. Yeah, uh, and it, it's tough, man. We really need him to play some decent minutes. He's a good fair price. Don't get me wrong. I don't mind the 6,300, but again, you know, he comes into play, and then it's just like give me Tyler Hero uh, all day. Uh, the benefit with Hayward though is he does have power forward eligibility, so that's where I think he comes into play. He's not a guy I'm going to be playing at small forward. He's strictly going to be a power forward option, and it's only going to be in tournaments. 
Yeah, um, I think Hayward's a guy I want to, you know, if this series goes seven games where he has a chance to kind of get his legs under him a little more. Um, it's, it's not surprising they're kind of limiting, limiting him down a little bit from the 30 minutes he played. Um, but I think maybe in game six or game seven, you know, I, maybe that's a chance you can get on him where he can get to 32, 33 minutes, a little better minutes ceiling. But I, I, there's just too much minutes volatility with him at this point. Absolutely. And I am not touching Daniel Tice. We, uh, we both just said that Mr. Stan at the corner. That's the playoffs. I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. We're not, we're not in on Tice. Not until that price tag hits like, you know, four, eight or something like that. And same thing with Brad Wanamaker for me with Gordon Hayward back. We saw those minutes take a drastic decrease and drop. He was playing 24, 25 minutes, played nine in that return of Gordon Hayward. Uh, looking at his minutes tonight, he's got about nine, like I said, with about two minutes now left in the third quarter. So um, I am off of the Brad Mon and make a train. If anything, I'd probably prefer to play a guy like Robert Williams because I anticipate, um, you know, if the Celtics lose this game, they're going to have to start to switch something up. And Robert Williams is a little bit more athletic than Daniel Tice can possibly stick with Bam a little bit easier, but not nothing more than a tournament. Low owned GPP dart throw kind of play. Not saying yep. go out there and play him as a value. Uh, but just wouldn't shock me if he goes from playing 10 or 11 minutes to, you know, 14 or 15. Agreed. All right, my good friend. I think that uh, I think that about does it. I think that's pretty much everything. Oh, how can we forget about Jalen Brown? 7,900. Do you prefer him or Butler? Uh, give me Butler. I, yeah, give me Butler. I, I just think there's... From the the Butler we've seen is like a more a little more passive. There, I think there's more, and he's still kind of around the Jalen Brown range, even when he's passive. You know, if Jimmy Butler decides to turn it on, he'll be a little. I think he'll just be a better play. Um, it's close though. I, I I wouldn't mind either way. See, I, I end up landing on Brown just a little bit more because I know the only two options I'm really feeling confident with with the Celtics right now are Tatum and Brown. And if I'm not playing Tatum and I still want some exposure, half the time I end up landing on Brown. Whereas, you know, looking at Miami, uh, I could play Hero, I could play Dragic, I could play Bam, and I don't need to touch Jimmy. So there's multiple options I can still go to. That's just the way my builds are going. Um, but again, it's it's basically splitting hairs with these two guys. They're both unbelievable. We know what their upsides are. Uh, I also just like what Jalen Brown's been doing on the glass lately. Uh, he's been just straight dominating the boards, and that's really elevated the ceiling to – uh, you know, a, a point where we like to see. Um, so I'm cool. Yep. With, I'm cool with him. Uh, not a guy that I'm necessarily going to foundational build piece, but definitely in play. I can see myself having about 20% shares of him. And that is it. So uh, we will be back tomorrow as always, guys. Uh, thank you for listening. If you have a quick moment, you can give us a thumbs up, a rate, review, all that good stuff. Hit the subscribe. Uh, it means a lot to us. We allows us to take that constructive criticism and put it to good use. So we do appreciate it. Uh, and then you can find us on Twitter. You can find me at Mike Apatra, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. You can find Aaron at Asmus Sports. That's A-S-M-U-S-S-P-O-R-T-S. And, uh, and, and yeah, I got it, man. I'm getting the hang of this. And I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll be, I even got the schedule. Get ready for this. You guys are going to be shocked. It's going to be me and Breton on tomorrow night. So I actually got the schedule. Uh, down pat now uh, with only about a, a week and a half left of games or two weeks left of games. So, uh, you know, never too late, though. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will be back. We appreciate you. Let's go crush some GPPs.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.